0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on
1: 630 Chad. A busy free agency day for your Edmonton Oilers. Several signings, also a trade to talk about. We will hear from the principals involved. Of course, your feedback is welcome tonight. This was one of the big days. What would the Oilers do? What would Ken Holland do? Well, he did stuff. He did stuff. How do you feel about it? Certainly the Ethan Bear trade, that kind of got the day rolling. The Oilers get Warren Fogle from the Carolina Hurricanes. That's going to be an interesting one to discuss. Zach Hyman does indeed finally become an Edmonton Oiler. We were wondering if this would have happened last week even as the Toronto Maple Leafs would have traded Hyman's rights to the Oilers for a draft pick. Edmonton not ready to give it up. So they just wait until free agency and sign Hyman for seven years at five and a half million dollars per year. It has a no movement clause for the first five years of the deal. And then a partial no movement clause for years six and seven Hyman is 29. So fair concern about, what's going to happen near the end of this deal. But I think a lot of what the Oilers are doing is uh, looking at the next three to five years and trying to become a much better team and hopefully a contending team in that time. Cody Cece added on defense four years, $3.25 million. A lot to discuss with that one, I think. Tyson Barry is coming back. You know what you're going to get from Barry: Three years, $4.5 million. And Derek Ryan, the deal announced well, the Oilers made it official, uh, official in the last half hour or, show, or, or so, but uh, we had some information on it earlier in the afternoon. But Derek Ryan coming back to Edmonton. Remember, he played for the U of A Golden Bears from 2007 to 2011, went to Austria, went to Sweden, came to North America, made it to the NHL with the Carolina Hurricanes, last three years with the Calgary Flames. He's an older player, 34 years of age, uh, did not produce as much offensively last year as he had earlier in his career, but he'll be a depth forward here for the Oilers. He is a right shot center, which is something the Oilers have been looking for. 52% in the face-off circle last season, and actually his worst year out of the six he's played, well, really five in a little bit, uh, five full seasons in the NHL, uh, 55.4% in the face-off circle for his career for Derek Ryan, so something to remember there. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 6.09. And uh, if you are uh, itching to comment on these trades, you've come to the right place. You can get me on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional grade building materials, 780-496-0063. That is also the same number to text. You can email inside at 630 chedcom And you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Okay. Well, Let's get going. And the big name, of course, is Zach Hyman, who's going to play on one of the Oilers' top two lines. I think it's uh, it's reasonable to make the assumption that he plays with Connor McDavid with likely Yessi Pugliarvi on the other wing, though I do think there are other options there, and we know what line combinations are like. They change throughout the course of the season. They change with injuries, slumps, hot streaks, all that kind of stuff. But But I do think there's another option that maybe they would even start the season with and we'll explore that as we go along tonight but hyman he uh kind of had his heart set he kind of had his heart set on being an edmonton oiler in fact he came here on his own accord last week to check out edmonton he tells you about it
2: uh yeah it was something that i chose to do um paid my way out there uh you know i came with my wife i thought that you know, Edmonton for me was was a place that, that I wanted to play. And I thought it was important that we go out there and we, and we see the city. My wife's never been to Edmonton uh, in the past. You know, this past year when I visited Edmonton, we couldn't go anywhere. We just were uh, stuck at the hotel. So I haven't, I didn't really have a chance uh, in the past to, to visit the city and actually see everything. So that was extremely important to me. And, and you know, my wife and I were, were really excited about the opportunities. So we went down there, we visited, we saw the neighborhoods that we could potentially live in. We saw where you know we have a seven-month-old son named Theo, so that was important to, for us to see where he could potentially grow up, and uh, it really checked all the boxes. And then I was able to tour the rink, and and uh, it's it's you know as you guys all know, it's pretty awesome, and uh, it's an incredible facility. And and I got to meet the you know the management team, and uh, it was just you know for me, it was so important to to you know see everybody. I got the opportunity from Toronto to to speak to. To teams. And and for me, uh, before I make a decision, I wanted to, you know, talk to, talk to the team face-to-face and, um, I got the opportunity to do that. And, uh, and like I said, I, uh, you know, I chose to go out there. I paid for it, did all that stuff. So, um, but it was, it was really important for, for my wife and I to get out there.
1: All right, so Zach Hyman telling you about coming to Edmonton last week, checking out the city, the neighborhoods, the rink, all that fun stuff. And uh, obviously he was strongly leaning towards becoming an Edmonton Oilers today, which he did. I'll get to Brian on the phone line in a second here. I want to get to another clip from Zach Hyman, a simple one. Why did he ultimately choose the Oilers?
2: I think first and foremost, I think that you know most important to me is to go to a team that has the opportunity to win and in Edmonton, uh, you know, we played Edmonton, I should say we, but last year when I was on Toronto, I, I, we played against Edmonton a bunch. And um, I just see there, there being so much opportunity and, and a chance to, to win a Stanley Cup with the players they have there and, and that opportunity. And then just the city and the passion and, and the fan base. Uh, I'm just so excited to be, to be joining our organization uh, like Edmonton. And I can't wait to get started. Um, I've gotten to know Connor a little bit the last couple of days of, I've, I've started to, to train and, and get to know him and, and Darnell. So that's been great. And, um, you know, those two players having played against them, you know, more so than ever this year, you, you realize how special they are and, and how much they can change a game. So, uh, to have the opportunity to potentially play with, with those guys is, is definitely one of the reasons I, I, uh, I chose Edmonton and, you know, I'm extremely excited to, uh, to see them in action.
1: Well, Zach Hyman looked very uh, very excited, very happy today. He was doing the Zoom interview, and his backdrop was an Andy Warhol piece of artwork featuring Wayne Gretzky, which was pretty interesting. He mentioned his son Theo. also he paused the interview briefly to uh, let his dog, Lady outside because Lady was barking. so he's going to be uh, he's got the wife, he's got the uh, the infant. He's got the dog <laughs> all coming to settle into Edmonton here in the weeks to come. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I don't know if Brian's going to have a uh, a dog interrupting this phone call, but I know he's ready to go. Brian, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead.
3: Good evening,
4: Reed. You know what? I, I think what was uh, done today by Ken Holland was uh, almost as close to perfect as I think you could possibly get, really. Uh, you know, the only thing missing was possibly addressing the goaltender situation, which everybody has talked about. Um, you know, I, I don't know what can be done about that. Uh, you know, there were a few good ones out there in the market, but uh, only Ken Holland probably knows whether he, you know, tried for any of them. But I, I, think, uh, I think we got, we're better on the defense, right now I think Um, I mean Ethan Bear you know it's sad to see it go but you got to give something up to get something a lot of times
1: well for sure I I like uh, I like Fogle I I think Bear we're, we're still in the process of finding out who he is in 1920 he was quite good he wasn't as good this past season though the injury played a part in that so I don't know what he's going to become. I mean, somebody texted in and said this This feels like it could be a Jeff Petrie situation all over again. I don't know if Ethan Bear's high end uh, has ever been as high as what Jeff Petrie's was, but, but I understand that concern. But I do think Fogle adds something important to the team. Brian, I got to be honest with you. I don't know what the Oilers are going to get from Cody CeCe. And later on tonight, I I reached out to some players and and media people who have watched CeCe in the NHL. I'll read a few of those messages later on, and they're kind of a bit divided. I'm not sure about CeCe. I don't think he's a direct replacement for Larson for that skill set. So I wonder if the Oilers are still missing something on the blue line. Am I being too pessimistic?
5: No, I,
4: I, think, I think you're right there. I mean, you know, he, br- he does bring some, some toughness. He does bring some size. And let's face it, our, our, our defense you know, over the last few seasons has probably, probably been one of the lighter or smaller defense core in the league. Uh, you know, losing Larson, you, you, you lost a lot of, shall we say, tenacity, aggressiveness. Sure. Mean, you know, meanness. But, um, again, you know, Duncan Keith, he does. He can not definitely play hard. I think he's got – I think he's still got mileage in him. I really do. And uh, no matter what a lot of the naysayers say, he's done it in the past. And there's a lot of attributes in his game that uh, can make up for – a slowdown in his play, if you know what I mean.
1: Right. Cool. Brian, thanks for your feedback, man. We'll talk to you again, okay? Take care. That's Brian, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 496 Arms War really wants me to read his text. He says this bear trade feels like the similar trade the Oilers made after the 2017 playoffs where they shipped out Everly because he wasn't a playoff performer. I don't get it. I guess the only reason is the Brassfield, Broberg, and Bouchard are ready. I really hope they're right because if the team goes into a 10-game skid, the players might lose it. Okay, well, I put it out into the world, arms war. Uh Well, Bouchard's going to play. We'll see when Broberg's ready. Yeah, I don't think Bear was traded necessarily because of his playoff performance. Uh, I, you know, that that's an interesting trade. And, and again, we'll see where Bear's career goes. I hope he does well. He, I, I do think he was better in nineteen twenty than he was than he was this past year. But I think an injury played a factor in this past year. What's his high end? Is it a top pairing defenseman? No. Is it a second pairing defenseman? That might be the really, really high end. Um, you know, is he an NHLer? A- absolutely. I, I mean, he's he's probably kind of a five in my mind, which which is valuable. Don't get me wrong. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think he has a good skill set. Does he completely excel in any area? No. But uh, I, I get the concern. I mean, maybe Ethan Bear is gonna turn out to be really, really good. Maybe Warren Fogle turns out to be really, really good. That's gonna be a really interesting trade to watch. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Of course, we've got plenty of time for your texts and calls. We are working on connecting with Derek Ryan before the conclusion of the show tonight. Free agency recap inside sports on chat. All right, I referenced Ethan Bear's play in the 1920 season, and Josh in the park all over that comment. He writes in and says Bear wasn't even born in 1920. Ha ha, Josh. Okay. Dion says, uh, Reed, we haven't replaced Larth- Larson. Smith is going to need some help. Maybe Staylock is that guy for sure. Koskinen is not. Still work to do on the back end for me. Today makes throwing away Wallstead even more of a dumb decision. Holland is quickly running out of options and cap space to fix the goaltending position. That's from Dion. And uh, Rocket says uh, Ken Holland nailed it today. I am excited about the new D and forwards. He said he would upgrade the team, and he has legit contenders now. P.S. I do believe he will hunt for another attendee. Uh Yeah, like I said, personally, I think the forwards are upgraded. I haven't seen a lot of disagreement with that. I mean, you're welcome to to chime in. Um, I, I I think there's going to be some debate about the defense personally. And I mean, the goaltending's the same. So you're relying on Smith playing really well, which he might do again. I mean, that we, we didn't think he'd play as well as he did last year. So we got to give him credit. And then, uh, you know, Koskinen needs like a week off between games to be effective. That's basically what we saw last year. Okay, here's the thing. We got people on hold. I'm going to get everybody in. Uh, if you're on hold right now, you might have to wait till after the 6.30 news because I got to do the news and well, I'm not going to do it, but we got to do the news and weather there. But we will start with Alan, Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 Hey, Alan. How's it going? Good.
4: Hey, so I've seen Fogle listed all over the net at left, right, and center. I was just wondering if that affected the type of game he plays. And also, could you comment on... How we're going to sign Yamo and Fogle, both under the
5: cap. Thanks. I'm going to hang
1: up to hear your reply. Yeah, well, I, I thought Fogle played left wing, but if if he's versatile, uh, then then great. Um, here's the thing: the Oilers are going to go into long-term injured reserve, so that'll give them a little bit of space to uh, to sign guys. They can put cleft bomb on LTIR. So once a team gets to the cap. Then they go into LTIR. There's no sense going on LTIR before you're at the cap. So you want to maximize the relief that you get so that will allow them to uh, uh, have contracts with Fogle and Yamamoto. And obviously neither guy is going to break the bank. Alan, I hope that generally answered your question um, if I started outlining everything about LTIR we would be here all night and I probably still wouldn't give you a complete answer but that's uh, the short answer to your questions I hope Justin also on the line Justin thanks for calling go ahead hey how's it going quite well good yeah just uh you know
0: I'm just a bit worried about our our cap situation a little bit I just feel like uh, You know, we're about 4 million dead space with Cap with uh, Sakera, Lucic, and uh, and Neil. So I'm just worried about how Holland's handling that. But I I guess the second part would be today, I think it was a pretty good day. Um, On the other hand, where I think our team is better today than it was end of last year. Thank you.
1: Yeah, he may. And I should mention, James Neal was bought out today. Uh, if you didn't see that, I think we all knew that was coming. That, that's a fair comment about dead uh, dead cap space. They're still retaining on Luch, three quarters of a million dollars this year and next. Uh, Sekra is still 1.5 against the cap this year and next. And Neal, now, Neal's 1.9 against the cap this year and next, but it's 3.8 less than if he were playing. So you get some cap savings this year and next in from. In the two seasons from 2023 to 2025, that's when Neil's going to cost you mo- really cost you money because it'll be almost $2 million on the cap and he's not playing. Fair concern about that. It, it sucks to be paying guys who aren't on the roster. They're probably, I think Holland and the Oilers are hoping the cap goes up a bit. I mean, it's probably going to be flat for another two or three years and then maybe start going up. But still, yeah, I mean, he chose for a, a little bit of short-term gain and longer term pain with james neal uh ron from red deer i am going to if you don't mind i'll I'll leave you till after the news because otherwise i'll be cutting you short so if if you can hold for about four minutes we'll bring you on after the newscast Uh, this texter says the forwards are better the defense is worse uh kenton the dozer says i completely agree with brian's call how much money do the oilers have left to spend would they have enough for tatar for more five on five scoring yeah probably not at this point uh v says keith and cc is a better pairing than larson with russell lagason kulikov or jones and lagason's still going to be on the team and russell's probably the uh third pairing team Craig says, uh, Ethan Bear is a very clever defenseman. Usually, he can almost always be counted on to move the puck and keep it out of trouble. He doesn't really battle for it, but he makes quick little moves to get the puck out of his end or get it to a teammate. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's fair, Craig. Uh, Ethan Bear had some good puck skills. I, I, to me, the, the biggest change in, in Ethan Bear's game from the previous year to this past year is that he didn't give it, get his shot off as much. He scored a couple of goals later in the year. And, and again, this probably a lot of this had to do with the concussion and missing that time and coming back from that sort of injury. Like in the 2019-2020 season, I won't say nineteen twenty; I don't want to confuse Josh in the park. But he, he really improved his lateral movement and getting his shot through a crowd or making a lane for himself. I didn't feel we saw as much of this that past season but we know he can do it. I I hope he does well in Carolina. Again, that's going to be a trade, but I think we'll be breaking down for a while. Uh, We'll get to Ron when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. All right. Daryl wants to know if Clefbaum has been put on LTIR yet. He has not. Nick says, uh, Hey, Reed, I think the reasonable plan B for goaltenders is to see how Skinner or Konovalov develop. Maybe they can take the backup role by the new year. Plan C would be one of the Columbus goalies around deadline time. 7804960063. If you uh, want to chime in, and I wanted to read one more here. Craig says, It's funny how Hyman talks about playing the Oilers and being impressed because he was instrumental in shutting us down. It's cool that he toured the city and that we were having relatively good weather 780-496-0063 the number to text and to call Ron from Red Deer has called in now Ron if you're calling in to talk to Cam Moon because you miss him doing Rebels games he's not here right now you're stuck with Reed
0: <laughs> I love you Reed you're awesome
1: okay what's on your mind
0: so here's the thing I'm, I'm 55 years old and never in the history... Like, I'm an NHL... Uh, I used to be a Canadian fan until the Oilers came in in the, in the 80s there. And never have I ever seen such an offensive decor like the Oilers have this coming year. I personally believe... Well, in fact, I know that literally Edmonton is going to lead the league in, uh, like, offense from, from D.
1: Yeah, they and, might. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and also, what mentorship for Bouchard? You got you got Duncan Keith, who's defense and offense, and then you got Tyson Berry. That's you know he's offense and then defense. He has come up from the minors and, and and is becoming one of the best defensemen of, of like he's in the top five for sure. And then you got Bennett, who's a shot blocker. Like what mentorship ahead for Bouchard? I I think our D, um, it, we're we're not Larson like D like shut down. But no, I think we're the m D is going to outscore, um, like it's going to outscore. What do you think?
1: Well, I I I think you make a good point. That could happen. I guess just goal prevention and ruggedness is my concern. That that's really my concern.
0: Okay. It's going to be an exciting day. It's going to be an exciting coming up year. That's for sure. Thanks, Reed.
1: Okay. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I I, I wasn't looking at it from that angle, but I think Ron makes a good point. I mean, Tyson Berry, after, what was it, the first 10 games of the season, was just under a point a game, and now he's not going to have a transition period. Remember, the first, the first little block there of the season, the power play didn't get off to a great start. Berry didn't look comfortable. He wasn't shooting the puck. He wasn't one-timing the puck. Will Darnell Nurse score at the same rate as he did last season? I'm not sure. I mean, I do think he feasted on Ottawa goaltending, some of his goals, but it was a step forward uh, year for Nurse. I I think the Oilers should be good offensively because I do believe, and I know people laugh at me when I say this, but I do believe the power play is going to be up around 30% again. I mean, it's was almost 30, a couple of years ago. And what it finished around 28 this year, the, the power play should be awesome again. And maybe they're at least a little bit better five on five, you know, with, with Fogle coming in and Hyman coming in, and maybe they can balance out the lines a little bit. So I'm not too worried about the Oilers scoring. It's, it's just goal prevention. It's sturdy goaltending throughout the year. It's and being able to complement Smith, um, and it doesn't look like the odds of getting another goalie are, are very good. Uh, I mean, Kemper's now been traded to Colorado for a first-rounder and defenseman Connor Timmins. So, look, I'm not trying to be pessimistic because, again, I, I, I say this every night. They're a, they're a good team. They're a good team. They're trying to become a great team. Uh, I, I, I like what they did up front. Hyman's going to do well. Uh I think Fogel is a pretty good bet on the third line. He can skate, he goes to the net, you know, he doesn't appear to be a timid player, he can draw penalties. I think Derek, you know, Derek Ryan is not going to cost a lot of money. He's a right-shot center, he can win faceoffs. He did not have as productive a season with the flames as last year as he'd had in earlier seasons. Uh, but hopefully he's in a role where you don't need him to score a ton. We'll see what we get out of Ryan McLeod, just going through some bottom six guys. Archibald, you pretty much know what you're going to get. Uh, we'll see where Cassian plays. So yeah, it, it should be a better top 12 forwards. I, I, I'm just not sure about CC. Um, you know i've laid out what i think the risks and rewards are for keith though i still think he's a good player i mean he's not the player he was 7 years ago uh, and then you kind of got uh russell and uh you know as a, as a 67 guy Laguson as a 67 guy and we'll see where they go and again the roster's not done uh, <laughs> i mean ken holland said today he still might add another defenseman Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 0063 we have uh, fred standing by fred go ahead how are you oh my goodness it's you fred what's happening
3: (laughs) i don't know you said that last time i called in but anyway uh, i think holland did good up front uh cc four years that's a bit of a head scratcher for myself Uh, i guess we'll see what happens but i got to play devil's advocate and goal what happened if mike smith goes down then it's bad then it's real bad. Like, what do you I mean. want
1: me to say? Like, I think we all know the answer.
3: No, I know that. But uh, the thing is, after all the free agent frenzy of today, there's going to be some real good pieces still out there. I think we still got to get another defenseman. And, yeah, I'm just skeptical about goaltending right now. Uh, Koskinen, like if Smith goes down like he did last year, he's out for, what, nine games? We're in big trouble. And I hate to say that, but it's facts are facts, Reid. And I hope uh, maybe Holland's got something up his sleeve. You know what? He isn't a Hall of Fame GM for, you know, by chance. He knows what he's doing. So there's still, what, two and a half months to go to the season? And maybe they did give Skinner a shot or a stay lock. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. CeCe's just a head scratch. Four years seems a little bit too long, don't you think?
1: on cc yeah i was a bit surprised at the deal but he'd been on a couple of one-year deals so i think he wanted some security and the orders gave it to him thanks fred uh somebody just wrote in cc was not intended to replace larson cc is a hybrid good size decent d skills good puck mover and passer with good analytics what exactly do you not like you can't just say i'm not sure about cc why not get specific uh well look um I, I'm actually saying exactly what I mean. I'm not sure about CeCe. And the reason is, is specifically because maybe he's a bit of a hybrid. What is what is his overall dimension going to be that he brings to the Oilers that the Oilers are, are lacking? And that's why I'm saying, you know, who replaces Larson? Larson brought a very specific dimension to the team. And he was when he was playing well, it, it was quite valuable. So if... If Cece is a hybrid and he's not quite physical enough to be a shutdown guy, and he's not quite as good a puck mover to be the best puck mover on the team because they're going to have Nurse and Barry and Bouchard, then then where exactly does he fit in? And the Oilers, I think, and and maybe he's going to do it. I I, I mean, may, maybe he's going to do it. But but that would be my question. That that would be that's why I'm saying I'm not sure about it because I just don't know exactly what he's going to bring. And if you look at over the course of his career, there's, there's been some up and down there. Uh, I'm going to read some comments today I got from uh, Cody CC from uh, either players or broadcasters who have played with or against him or covered him over the years. One person says he can be serviceable in the right situation, played too many minutes here in Ottawa and got caved. Kind of like Ristolainen that way, but slotted properly, he can be solid and dependable. Nice guy, don't love his game, but he can eat minutes, would be okay as a five, but guessing the Oilers are going to play him as a four. So there's one comment I got about uh, Cody Cece from someone who's watched him. So take that for what it's worth. Somebody else just simply said Cece is a solid player. Another comment I got, CeCe took a lot of flack playing in Toronto and Ottawa, goes about his business and plays hard every night, had a good season in Pittsburgh, a nice shutdown guy. I'm glad to see him get rewarded and should fit well in Edmonton. So there you go. You know, And, and like that one person said, maybe he's, he's better on a third pair. We'll probably have to be on a second pair here in Edmonton. So how is he going to handle the, you know, the really tough minutes and when the Oilers need to protect a lead uh, will he be trusted to be on the ice? I'm sure he will early in the season, and then it's just a matter of how he handles it. And look, when I say this, I'm not putting the guy down. I'm not saying it's not going to work. I just think if I'm going to talk objectively about a player, then I got to recognize the the risk and reward. So to that texture, I, I I hope I answered your question. If if you think it's all going to be sunshine and roses with all the new additions, uh, that's fine. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Rocket is on the line. Rocket, go ahead. Hey, Reed. I just wanted to touch base on uh,
6: possible lines here, and I'm looking at the forwards, which they've updated on the Oilers' website now. Has Tyler Benson on there? Is he the odd man out now with uh, the addition of uh, Derek Ryan? And uh, yeah,
1: Benson's Benson's not in the top twelve the way it looks right now.
6: Okay, and and with. Uh, line combinations um there's a lot of centers here so what do you do for your top three like who would be your 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 third centerman would it be Derek ryan or would it be uh you know um
1: ryan mcleod i think uh, well i don't know which one's going to be designated as the third or fourth center but I think those are the two guys who are the centers in the bottom six. Maybe Nuge plays center at some point. Maybe Shore plays center at some point. And do you think Hyman
6: plays with McDavid and Pulleyarvey?
1: Probably. Yeah. I think uh, let you're... me throw this at you. Let me let me throw this at you for a top six. I know we're over two months away from the start of the season. <laughs> what would you think of these top two lines? McDavid, Dryslede, and Pulleyarvey. Nugent, Hopkins, Hyman, and Cassian. your speech well,
6: okay I, yeah I I, I I actually that that sounds pretty good that sounds pretty good too um i think there's a lot of options here <laughs>
1: so. i i i wonder and i am just i'm just spitballing here and like i always say it's it's july 28th and the roster's not done i wonder if if they move yamamoto down and to take some pressure off him with the scoring and I wonder if they give Cassie another chance to get his feet going in the top six.
6: Where does Devin Shore fit in? Is
1: he fourth line winger?
6: He, he, he'll be fourth. Okay, because he's listed as a centerman. So. Um,
1: no, I think I think the in the combination I just gave you, then it would be McLeod with Fogel and Yamamoto, or pardon me, Ryan with Fogel and Yamamoto, and McLeod with Shore and Archibald, or some sort of combination of those six. Hey, just going back to your uh, CCF um yep. worry
6: about uh you know if he's he, yeah. he's he's comparable to larson he's not larson he's not going to be larson but don't you think the combination of what else they added offensively on defense combined with uh all of the forwards now that we have that play more of a 200 foot game that gives you more defense too it's kind of like an unknown that doesn't get talked about but when you well that's true when Hyman, you look at the
1: whole, yeah
6: when you look at the whole group together, forwards and D, I think they are better defensively as a whole. I mean, because well, we always, we always yeah. analyze like just strictly the D and then, and then, you know, then we analyze the forwards. But of those forwards, you know, look at all these guys on the team now that uh, are 200 foot players, like, you know, Fogel and Hyman, guys we added, Derek Ryan.
1: And Ryan can win faceoffs, which, yeah hopefully gives Leon a break no that that's that's a good way to look at it you know if you have better checking forwards or 200 foot guys it helps the team as a whole no and again I'm not like I'm not trying to disparage CeCe I just think his last three or four years have been up and down so I got to acknowledge both sides of it that's that's all I'm saying Hyman really hasn't been down the last three or four years so there's a good chance that he's still going to be up that's all I'm saying
6: yeah no no I agree I no, I didn't think you were but uh, I was just trying to uh you know, put a different spin on 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 why I think like you know, yeah, he's not Adam Larson, but as a whole team, uh, you know, that's going to help if guys are coming back 200 feet and you know, say the puck's on his side or whatever, and you may not be comfortable with that. You know, you got guys coming back helping out.
1: All right, thanks, Rocket. Yeah, cheers. That is Rocket seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Time for you as well. If you want to chime in, Inside Sports on check
3: I mean, he's a guy that can play uh, up and down the lineup, play right wing, play left wing. I think he had 43 points in 53 games, so he can play with skilled players, but he also can play, um, you know, with a, a grinding game. Um, I think one of his, maybe his greatest trade is his his compete, his work ethic. Um, he's a four-checker. Um, you know, he's, he's relentless. He's on the puck. And I think that... Um, You know, we needed to, you know, along with uh, Warren Fogle, you know, we've got two forwards, I think, that are going to, uh, you know, they're going to get in the forecheck and um, try to create more pressure in the offensive zone so that we're just, we're more than a rush team. We want to be a, we want to get in the forecheck as well. So that's what Zach brings.
1: Ken Holland talking about Zach Hyman. Trevor says, Reed, I agree with your last caller. Team defense has improved with the additions. Defense is not just defensemen. Our team D has improved. Plus, our goalies were top 10 in save percentage last year. Oilers fans should be positive about today's outcome. Well, that's a fair comment from Trevor. I, like, are, are some of us, maybe me included, too worried about the goaltending after what happened last year? I mean, I think it's fair to have concerns about... Let's face it, if, if Mike Smith were seven years younger, no one would be concerned coming off the year that he had. So are we not giving enough credit for the year that he had and most of the previous year? Kevin says, I really like what moves were made, including getting Duncan Keith. My only concern is CeCe. I'm not sold on him. He doesn't have a strong history. These are texts to 780 496 Dave Leopard, I'm pretty excited about the new defense group. We are not happy with our result last season, and if we didn't make changes for the upcoming season, how could we expect a different result? Yeah, it's kind of like that Einstein theory. <laughs> Dave Leppard also wants us to play more Def Leppard. So do I. We don't play enough. We should just play Hysteria in the second hour of the show. Coach Mike, I am not doing po- a point projection for Tyson Berry tonight. <laughs> I appreciate you asking, though. I appreciate you asking. Okay, uh, who do we have on the phone line? We have D standing by. D, thank you for calling. Hey, how you doing, Reed? I'm doing um, quite well. It's nice to hear from you.
5: The, uh, you know, if you're gonna play Hysteria, then play a little rock, rock till you drop as well. Um, sure. Throw that in. But uh, so my my whole outlook on this today is. Um, you know, the last two years, we've been a team that has been, you know, fairly entrenched in, in a playoff spot, got beat by a Chicago team in a bubble, got swept mm-hmm. by, by Winnipeg this year. Um, you know, the defense core that was the six that were played in the playoffs this year, three of them are gone, one by choice, one by trade, and one we're not signing. Um, yep. This team this team today, would you agree this team is a playoff team in a, in a weaker Pacific Oh,
1: yes, absolutely.
5: Uh, Okay, so to me, I'm not worried about what they do in the regular season as long as, you know, there's no major injuries or the goalies, you know, have an 860 save percentage. What I'm worried about is, all I care about is what happens in March and April when we get to the trade deadline. And Ken Holland knows what he needs to tweak, and has to pick up a veteran defenseman that maybe is on a, you know, uh, ending contract or whatever, and he has to, you know, get somebody in like an Alec Martinez or like that type of a defenseman that would help. I want the team to start winning playoff rounds. And for me, I don't care what Duncan Keith does in the 82 games. I want the Duncan Keith that is closer to what he used to be in the playoffs for 18 to 24, 25 games. I want you know, a team ready to win some rounds. And I think that the base of this team that they have right now, that they have today, is a lot closer to to getting there than they were before we started.
1: I think that's a really good call, D. And, and, And you're right. I mean, we've seen the past two years that they can make the playoffs basically on the virtue of their power play and at least being average defensively. Is that they're, fair to they're say? No,
5: they're, they're, yeah, they are no longer. I consider them a playoff team now. Whether they make it in fourth place, first place, whatever it is in their in their division, I consider them a playoff team. Now it's time to, and that's why I think Ken Holland did some some of these moves on the forwards, and you know did some changes on defense. And not, he's not done, and he still has the whole year to evaluate and then worry about what he wants to do at the end. But. This team now needs to start winning rounds, and I think we're, we're getting there and we're closer, and I like the, the look of it. If you take a look now, we're no longer relying on young players. We still have Paul Yarvey and Yamo and, and maybe McLeod and whatever, uh, Bouchard, but we don't have half of our team as young players. We now just picked up a 27-year-old who's been in the league for 600 games. We picked up, you know, a 34-year-old who's a good two-way centerman. We picked up, you know, a Zach Hyman, who's 29. These are guys that are proven veterans that should be those guys to help us get to where Holland wants us to get.
1: D, thanks for the call. Have a good evening, man. Thanks, you too. Well thought out there by D. Okay, Jason's up next. Jason, we got to do the news and weather, so please be patient. Well, if you listen to me, you're probably a patient person to begin with. So be patient on the phone line. I'll bring you in at 7.05. Uh, Heck, Pothier at 7.35. Derek Ryan at 7.50. And more of you in the next half hour. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.